Good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight. I'm Vintage McCoy. Tonight we have a recurring guest, and I love this man. And actually, early on when no one had a clue, this man had all the insights. And actually, everything he shared with us has come to fruition. And we need some updates because so many of us out there are just being inundated with pressure uh, for this vaccination, wondering what it's all about, how effective it is, if it's effective at all, if it's detrimental, uh, looking at what we're facing as a nation and all of the demands placed on us and the pressure. Uh, nobody is more gifted to be able to usage all of those concerns than our guest tonight. Tonight we got Dr. Keith Rose, so tune in. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light. Together, we will make America great again. I have never been more hopeful about America. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One small step for man. Be able to sing with new meaning. My country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. We shall pay any price, bear any hurt, uphold any foe to ensure the survival and the success of liberty. It is indeed we are the defenders of freedom. With the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created one equal. nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined to repeat. And now, your host, Pastor Rob McCoy. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, folks. Like I said, we got Dr. Keith Rose, and uh, he is not only a dear brother and friend, but he has been just kind of a sage of wisdom for all of us uh, over the past year and a half. And you guys have had the privilege to kind of see our friendship uh, as it's been just a, a great blessing to me personally, but to the entirety of the congregation. He promises he's going to come out and preach, but I'm still trying to get him out here, but hopefully this summer... But in the meantime, we will accept Skype. Uh, so he's, he's a great blessing, and there's lots to catch up on. So please welcome my good buddy and dear friend, Dr. Keith Rose. Hey, Keith. Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. Uh, coming to us live from Corpus Christi, Texas, correct? I am, and I'm free that, that first Sunday in July, that first week. All right. Uh, i got to check this out, up, make sure so we're all set. If you want me up there. I'll all right, first... First Sunday, you said? Well, the I guess it would be, now it be the second Sunday. The first Sunday is July 4th weekend. It would be the okay. second Sunday. All right, let me pull it up right now so I can confirm, because I know we had already talked about it. Yep, you're all set. Red Rover, Red Rover, um, come on over. That'd be the 11th. Yes, sir, I'll be there. All right, I'm going to announce it now. Dr. Keith Rose will be preaching not only Saturday night, but all three services, Sunday morning, 9, 11, and 1 p.m., 
Um, so come on out, folks. There we go. We just filled the church. Boom. <laughs> it's going to be July 11. I don't 11. know if you filled it or, or emptied it, more like it, probably. Well, the but good the thing six, is I've already... people I've, to show up, I'll talk. Oh, come on now. I, I'll tell you what. So many folks have been blessed and encouraged, and through the, the knowledge, they've been able to dispel the fear, and especially in the hysteria. I mean, when do you administer a vaccination in the middle of a, of, of a pandemic? I mean, epidemiologists, that just, you don't do that. And if the vaccination is so effective, why the pressure for others to get it? Why, why don't they just leave us alone? I look, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to die. Just, it's all right. You know what? And, and watching Jill Biden with Brad Paisley in Tennessee, and she starts getting booed when they're uh, pushing this vaccine. I mean, help me understand this, Keith. You, you have great insight, uh, and you've known stuff long before anyone else did. And, uh, and, and people are like, no, that's something. And we're watching it. It's all just coming to fruition. There it is, laid out. Uh, I crack up. It's, it's you know, you, you've been a great blessing. Uh, it's almost like, like I have a, ra- uh, you know, a cheat sheet for the races. And I'm, I, I win every race because I, I know you. So. No, this is a time you don't want to be right. I mean, you yeah, really don't. Amen. You don't want to take a victory lap and go, hey, I saw this coming because I'm I'm one of many that saw this coming. Um, I had a little bit deeper insight because I had heard about it from November of 2019 um, from someone I knew that was working in China that was back in Thailand. But at the end of the day, nothing during this coronavirus pandemic is what they're calling it. Treatment, reaction to, and follow on makes any sense as far as any way in our history that we've we've worked in a pandemic. And Rob, you and I are are bonded by Christ. And and I think our secondary bond is our love of history. And I've been really digging back in history and I also enjoy medical history. So when you look back in history and you see how we have reacted to this type of problem. And then when you look back just to 2003, when there was SARS COVID one, there was a lot of money spent on an after action report to SARS COVID one and gave us an absolute blueprint on how to treat the disease. And then when SARS COVID two hits, we proceed to ignore everything that we spent hard earned tax dollars on and lesson and what we call lessons learned. And, and we didn't follow any of it. And so we did something, we, we didn't do something unprecedented. We did several things that were never done that were unprecedented. It wasn't a single thing. It was a plethora of things that we've never done before. We ignored past successes. We ignored treatments that were effective. Right. We encouraged a populace to lock down when never in the history of the world have we locked down a healthy population. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, you quarantine is for a sick individual, not a healthy population. We ignored the actual real-time data. There's something in medicine called um, it, it's basically a real-time. We say that it's um, evidence-based medicine, and we ignored evidence and all the evidence that we had. And we didn't practice evidence-based medicine, but more, I think there should be a new um, vernacular political-based medicine, yeah, bureaucratic-based medicine. Yeah, yeah. And my, it's getting ready to fall out here as my daughter walks by me. But 
what what we're doing now is we have a year a year of history to go back and reflect on and to see did the people that tell us this were they correct what are they saying now and so if you take it from a hundred thousand foot like our friend david who is a pilot if you take it from you know forty five thousand feet and you look back and you say okay did what we do help and it's unequivocal that the way we respond to this pandemic didn't help what it did do is it increased suicides overdoses depression mental illness children destruction of the economy absolutely people with learning disabilities are now decades behind after missing a year of of teaching we kept children home with their abusers yeah and we destroyed the drive of this nation and what and i and i and i and i'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I can't understand why, unless you look at who, who gains from any of this, because the United States as a whole does not gain from this. The only thing, the only people that gain from this are China and the globalists because it's big pharma, big pharma, but big pharma is all being manipulated by the globalists. And, and again, I'll just speak in facts. What we know now, we know now that SARS-CoV-1, the vaccine for SARS-CoV-1 is something we call gene therapy. It's a mRNA gene, a messenger RNA gene therapy. You know, it was created by, you have Moderna, you have Pfizer and their gene therapies, and they fulfilled the definition of a gene therapy, but none of the description of these vaccines fulfilled the definition of a vaccine. Actually, Webster's Dictionary is now changing their definition of a vaccine. Yep. Yep, to yep. go ahead and, and, and to fit the narrative. But basically a messenger, an mRNA vaccine goes in and gives the genetic instruction to the cell to create proteins. And they do that through a synthetic version of messenger RNA, not actual messenger RNA, but what we think is SARS-CoV-1, SARS-CoV-2, I'm sorry. And the interesting thing is we started creating these vaccines and a test for SARS-CoV-2 before we actually knew what it, the actual sequence was. So they synthetically created the test, and the gentleman in Germany did that, who's copied on most of Fauci's emails. He's the same guy that not only created the PCR test for SARS-CoV-2, and then after the World Health adopted his PCR test, he published the paper two days later. Well, he, he submitted it a day later. It was published two days later. And these things are not, they're not normal. They're completely abnormal. You know, if I, if, if you want to understand what's going on now, let me segue for a second. When I was working in Afghanistan, you, you entered a lot of different provinces, a lot of different villages, towns, even small cities. There's no way you could know everything that could go wrong. So right. what you had to know is what is normal. And when you see a deviation from what you know is ebb and flow normal, then you get suspicious for what is abnormal and you look further. Right. When we, um, when I came to Kabul, one time I had to go pick up a couple guys from the airport. They'd just flown in from Iraq, buddies of mine. We were going to do some work together. And when I picked them up, we're driving and they were in the, I was in the front lead car and one of them was in the rear car. And one of them, I can hear yelling over the radio, you know, potential contact, potential contact. We got a problem. And I, 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 Mike, I was like, what's the issue? And he said, spotters on the roof. And I looked on the roof 
And there were guys with flags and they're waving these big flags back and forth. Well, in Iraq, that's not normal. And that means that there's potentially they're setting you up for an ambush. In Afghanistan, it is very normal. It's how you call the pigeons. And so these guys were calling pigeons. So I knew what was normal. They did it. Yeah. So I could tell them, hey, this is normal. I don't, I'm not looking for something nefarious. And that's kind of a long you know, run for a short slide. But what I'm saying is when you look at this as a physician, a scientist, or just you know, a sentient human being who reads, you go, none of this is normal. Nope. This is not how we do it. We don't take gene therapy. We don't put a synthetic messenger RNA sequence into cells hoping that it creates a spike protein that your body's going to build antibodies to and not thoroughly investigate it and see if it actually does what we say it does. That's one well, of the me, biggest problems they had here. Let me, uh, let me take this as a moment to jump in and ask you. So, so we've got a gain-of-function research where they, they do hybrids of deadly viruses. And maybe if you could if you could expound on why they would do such a thing, what is the scientific benefit of doing such a thing? And then when you address that, if you could also then address with this uh, synthetic, what, is some, what are some of the results you're seeing in the general populace that you're tending to um, that, have been, that have been the result of folks that have uh, been injected with this, uh, sure. but we're kind of starting to see. So I know those are two separate issues, this, this idea of gain of function. And then now we're watching even not only those who have taken the, 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 the uh, therapeutic injection, but those who haven't that are now around. For, I hear about sloughing and all. I mean, maybe I'm off. But well, no, you're actually not. When, when they were doing the research, the gain of function, first – I believe is around the mid And if you could explain all that to everybody, because sure. gain of function is kind of confusing. Gain of function testing is theoretically you're taking virulent viruses deadly. and seeing if you can deadly, very deadly viruses, and seeing that if you can modify them to an even more deadly virus okay, in what, a different what, host. Why, why would you do that? Unless it's a weapon. Theoretically, what people would said initially was, we're doing this in case someone else does it, we'll be able to defend against it. So it's a weapon. And it, yes, it's a weapon. In actuality, smarter minds prevailed, or cooler, leveler heads did, and, and really basically made it illegal to fund this type of research around the mid-2000s. However, in 2014, the Obama White House came in. And they, I have, I can send it to you. They, they filed a directive that said, while we will not fund this unless it is explained, and it was very loose language, I'm going to paraphrase, unless it is explained that it is for the greater good. So if someone like a Dr. Fauci said, I agree with this and it's for the greater good, and, I, and of course I'm being safe and checking off all the boxes, then they would fund it. And, and again, where you're falling into is what our founders was con were concerned about. And that's people that don't have morals, people that don't have ethics, because this and are, is a very and are unelect un and are unelected. They're unelected, and they're part of a faceless bureaucracy. Yeah. And, and Fauci, we know his face because cameras can zoom down because he's not that tall. But it, it's 
the thing was when they funded this, it allowed this type of research to happen. And they did it in China, which is at best antagonistic to the United States, at worst, uh, a direct enemy of the United yeah. States. And Xing Li, I actually had some of her papers translated. It's not hard to do through Medline. And I was reading on some of her gain-of-function work when she said it wasn't. And I looked up a paper that is even referenced um, with her and Dr. Fauci. And she talks about her ability to change the spike protein in vitro, in the lab. So we know this was manipulated in her own words. And when you look at Dr. Fauci's emails and you realize, and I'm not, I won't drag you through them, but I've read them all, that he put together a group of doctors to deflect from the fact that it was from the lab, that it is gain-of-function testing. This is not in question now. There's not a single question in the scientific community that has intellectual integrity that this was gain-of-function testing and that can read. And so and – the, and the sad thing is we – and the documents are out there. I can send you to them even in the in the Federal Register that we funded it. The Department of Defense funded it. The U.S. – what we gave to you, the U.N., USAID funded it. I mean it's, yeah. it is very nefarious. So we funded a country without any oversight. And even Peter Daszak, who should be the most famous person in the United States for all the wrong reasons – like famous like the Joker and Batman, he he said, you know, well, we take China's word for it. What else are we going to do, he says in his stupid British accent. Not British accents are stupid, just his. And right. so you look at this guy who's, who's a real chucklehead. I mean, he's really someone that had a meteoric rise for no reason. He's never done anything of substance, but he is carrying the water for climate change through zoonotic jump he he's on he's on videotape talking about it saying that well the pandemic start because you go into a village and you clear or clear a forest to build something and then an animal bites someone and 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 i'm paraphrasing but that's not how it happened and and there were people that knew it didn't happen so i i, I understand why dr fauci did it because he's a bureaucrat and it's all about keeping power Right. The thing that concerns me are all the people that work under him that know this that never said anything. Yeah, you know, there's faceless bureaucrats. I, 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 I was thinking about this today. We really need a William Wilberforce to step up in our nation. We need someone who. I, I don't know if you know William Wilberforce story. Of course I do. But he, he, he he's. I don't, I don't say that. I don't say that pridefully. I just say yeah. No, I He's a hero of mine. Yeah, he's my hero too, and I've done a lot of study on him. And he was a guy that came from a very wealthy family. He wasn't real tall, but he was brilliant. Elected to Parliament at the age of twenty after he had graduated from Cambridge. Him and William Pitt Jr. were yep. the political dynamo team of that time. And this guy, by the time he was twenty-five, William Pitt was prime minister of England. Wilberforce was head of the most powerful committee in parliament. He was in five gentlemen's clubs. And back then those gentlemen clubs were of reputation, but they did some pretty bad things, but he could sing. He had money. He was wealthy and he took a train ride. He took a train ride to go to France, to the, to the Riviera in France and Italy. And when he did that, he was supposed to ride with some person. They backed out. He didn't want to go Grand by himself because he, he would goes have with no Granville one to talk Sharp. to. Granville Sharp. 
Yeah, and he goes with yeah. this guy, Wilberforce 5'3", he goes with the guy 7'2". And he finally, and this guy, by the way, I don't know if you know this, this guy was a professor at Cambridge, and he had taken over the position of Isaac Newton. He was that yeah. guy. And in fact, a position that eventually Stephen Hawking held. So this is not, this is not a, a, a intellectual lightweight. And so right. he and Wilberforce, Wilberforce is excited. He gives this guy a ticket. They're going to talk for two weeks on this train. And they get to the discussion of religion. And he tells Wilberforce, he starts talking about Christ. And Wilberforce says he took it too far. Actually, just real quick, real, real, real quick. Sure. Not a train. It was a buggy ride. It, we're talking the 17. Uh, yeah. Buggy ride. No, it was a tra- I, I promise it was a train with a train ticket. Well, Granville 18- Sharp. Okay. Granville Sharp ruled he, the theological giant. He came up with the. It wasn't Granville Sharp. Christ. This is a different one. Okay. I, maybe. But I'm off. I, I really, it's all I've good. got all the, the notes. Cool, I'll, cool, I'll cool. It Take it. Run with it. But I, I was almost sure it was a buggy tra- ride, but I'll shut up. A hundred percent. He's on a train. I got the original docs. But okay. I'll show them to you. I, I, I dug into Eric Metaxas' literature and research. Amen. So he, oh, he, he did a I good yield, job. I yield. I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you. He's, but anyway, it wasn't sharp. It was a, another guy. But he was a very – he had he had two experiences. But this was the one that changed him he talked about. And and basically they started talking about the Lord. And he had had his, his aunt and uncle real quick pour into him at 12 and then he fell away because his parents were horrified that he knew about Jesus because they didn't. That was that was a no-no back in then. It was just a time where there was a lot of moral flexibility. And so when he was on the train, he he Wilberforce writes in his own journal, he said, I didn't want to be there with this guy after we started talking about God, but I was intellectually honest enough to have the conversation. Right. And through that train ride, he realized he could not break his his argument he could not he said i realized the bible's true and jesus is who he who he said he was and so when he got off that train he realized that he was at a moral crisis because he couldn't go back to the life he had and i think there's wilberforces in the u.s today that they've had seeds planted early in their life that they have everything they 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 are inside privy to all the great information but that God can work in their life in such a way, in such a unique way that they have this crisis of conscience. And it took him, he said, the great change took two years. But what he ended up doing is he, he said he was going to do two things. One, he wanted to abolish slavery or the importation of slaves, the slave market. And right. number two, he wanted the, the reformation of manners because back in that time in England, you know, they had sexual trafficking. 25% right. of all girls in London were prostitutes, average age 16. And so John Wesley wrote him a letter right before he died. There's the last letter recorded of John Wesley, wrote to Wilberforce. And he said, and I'm paraphrasing, you're, this undertaking that you're doing, these two things, are truly impossible unless God has called you to this. And then you have to do it. He said, but you will have all sorts of men and devils come against you, which means people in spiritual warfare. And so Wilberforce took on this. And the only reason I bring that into the back scene and all we're going through with critical race and everything else is Wilberforce took on the two greatest challenges of his century and had no idea how he was going to do it, but he knew he had to do it. And God shows up and does what we can't do for ourselves. 
And I truly believe that God will show up when people start to move and, and move against things. And, and scientists come out and say, you know, this isn't a vaccine. It's messenger RNA gene therapy. It doesn't meet any of the criteria. Vaccines should prevent you from spreading the disease. It also it should prevent you from getting that strain. And this states in the literature of all the vaccine makers that it only lessens the symptoms. Well, you know, there are flu medications that lessen the symptoms. We don't call those vaccines. And and and, and the, for your and they don't mess with your they don't mess with your RNA. You know, no, they don't. Well, and I'll go to that in a second. But what they yeah they don't do that. And the other thing is, I'm not an anti-vaccine person. I think that everyone should have measles, mumps, rubella, smallpox, and you know, I'm I think the flu vaccine at certain if it's good works, but what this is is nothing like that and 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 i want to believe that the vaccine makers were doing the best they could they they had to rush it through and again it was all on the premise that we had a horrible pandemic and there were no other treatments so they got what's called an eua an emergency use authorization the only problem with that was we actually have a treatment for this that's now being published and shown which we all talked about ivermectin hydroxychloroquine we understand the pathogenesis of this disease. We understand who it affects, and more importantly, who it doesn't affect seriously. And so they would have never gotten the EUA had they not blocked the Lancet, blocked the hydroxychloroquine. Um, once, I mean, put out that study that was totally disbunked in two weeks. And wow. you know, and then Peter Daszak's on the committee of the Lancet to look for gain of function. So there's a little like commonality here. And what it is is it's just wrong and evil and immoral. It's a reparation of manners is what we need in this nation, not only in the vaccine, but how we how we treated this. So where we are right now is we have a vaccine that was designed to develop a spike protein to stay at the site of the injection. That was the plan. And it would stimulate the body to produce theoretically antibodies. But what it did with this mRNA is it gets into the endothelial cells in the blood vessels and produces spike proteins in all of them. And it becomes a magnet for cells, causes blood clots, causes inflammation, causes autoimmune problems. And to put it in perspective, if you look at the VAERS reporting system, the voluntary adverse effect reporting system for viruses, or for vaccines, up until 2020, when we got the, the COVID-2 vaccine, the number of deaths or adverse events is 500 times more than the entire reporting period up until the time we started the coronavirus vaccine. Wow. You've had over 7,000, 8,000 deaths. And these are just voluntarily reported that are directly attributed to this. And when we had the swine flu vaccine, the government back then ran a big campaign to get everyone to take it. 53 people died and they stopped it. They pulled it because 53 people died. We're at 8,000 and counting, and they're pushing it and offering lottery tickets, beer, or whatever, to get people to take it. And, and they're infringing upon the rights of free citizens and telling you you can't do something because you won't take the vaccine, which, again, we need a reformation on manners and morality. We've had, and I'm 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 gonna come out with the exact exact statistics, but at this point, researching it, our congregation. Now, granted, we've had like 400% growth uh, since we've been open May 31st, and and e even more so after we violated the restraining order. Um, 
And, and there, were, there were some folks who died uh, not from but with COVID, um, not in our church but had been affiliated with our church, not attending during the pandemic, staying at home. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm mindful of less than a handful. However, what I am mindful of, and I'm, I'm watching this, is completely healthy people receiving the vaccination and for no reason whatsoever, they're dead. Uh, a day or two later, um, just shocking, unbelievable. Um, and, and we're watching this in real time. And I'm thinking that the cure is almost worse than the virus itself. It, 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 it strikes me and the stories I'm hearing are awful. And, you, and, you're having and more, more people, yes. die, you have more people that have died from the vaccine than in a certain age, in certain age groups than have, have been reported to die from the coronavirus. Yeah, and, and that's true of, again, of the younger folks. Correct. I mean, Israel was the first to notice the myocarditis in heart patients. I mean, and young, young men were having cardiac problems. Oh, we, we had a number of people in our church, younger guys that, that expressed this. I mean, it's just awful. It's 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 malfeasance. It's beyond awful because again, people aren't dying from coronavirus. They're, the when they get, I believe, and I've looked at a lot of these numbers. When they finally get the final numbers, not dying with, but dying from, I truly believe you're going to see. It, it's going to be earth shattering the few number of deaths that actually died from coronavirus. We know that from the studies they're already doing. Some people think that it's going to be, you know, go from 200,000 to like 6,000 actual. And wow. that's not my study. That's some people that are already working on this. But and they're, and, what, and these are these are agnostic politically, these scientists. They don't they're just looking at data. But the what problem happens, is we now go ahead. we now have computers is, that are so complicated and so fancy that they can predict all kinds of these egregious models, which they're trying to predict again on this Delta variant. They're gone back to using the same guy from England who gave us the initial predictions. They're now using his predictions on the Delta variant, which, uh, which unbelievable. Could, you know, must take the guy unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. But they have these, all these computers, yet they fail in their basic function. And that's to predict actual outcomes. And, and so, you know, it's, we have a high-priced, multifunctional computer that they're using, and we just need to play solitaire on this. We need to look at what it actually is. And so I think that um, I think that if, if the reason I, I hit the refora- reformation of manners and the morality issue is the press is completely immoral and what they're pushing in the propaganda People are buying it so much that I, I read a tweet by a lady the other day who hesitated to put out the tweet after her young son had died from the vaccine. And she admitted she knows the vaccine killed him, but she didn't want to put out the tweet to keep others from getting it because she knows how important it is. And, and, and God bless her. I mean, I can't imagine losing a child, but she doesn't have the information to understand. And, you know, it's the medical community. There's there are some doctors that have to look at themselves in the mirror and go, why didn't I say anything? You know, I give a lot of credit to Simone Gold. She came out early and she yeah. came out strong. And, you know, you have uh, my friend in Texas um, who who was one of the first to come out, a doctor. And I'm just blanking. It's been a long day. Uh, we were good. just at a meeting together. 
Well, I know Dan um, Erickson too in California. Dan Erickson came out and they did that great video. I mean, you have a lot of men with integrity. You have a lot of folks that came out and said, look, we're seeing this. This isn't right. I own several clinics and we've treated over a thousand patients with this cocktail that I believe it's a Dr. Barker that came out with this early yeah. on and 100% effective. We haven't lost one person up to 90 years old. Yeah. I mean, I know they were using that cocktail in my city in the hospice unit at the hospital and they didn't lose anyone. And these are hospice patients that got coronavirus. So again, we say this is anecdotal, but we now have a mainstream media and a bureaucratic medical elite and politicians that are telling us, listen to their anecdotal evidence, which isn't any evidence and ignore our lion eyes. And I think that people are starting to realize it. They're starting to realize across the board I, on coronavirus, I hope so. race theory and other things, but we're at a, we're at the precipice. Well, Keith, um, you're, you're talking, you're, you're, you're talking about folks having received this vaccination and, and now they're talking about a Delta variant that, that they're, they're going to try to scare the daylights out of everyone. And, and yet I've, I've done a little bit of reading in regards to, uh, coming into this next cold and flu season, they're saying that this mRNA uh, injection will expedite or increase, again, sickness. Um, and and, it, and, and it's, it's going to grow with each flu season. It, it's not building immunity. Did I hear that wrong? Or can you elaborate? I, 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 I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm not a microbiologist or virologist, but I've, I know several that are brilliant men. And I've, I've listened to them and list, looked at their research. And the, there's a couple out of Germany, microbiologists that are, they're Indian out of Germany and they're brilliant and they're completely agnostic politically. And they make the best case for that, just what you said, that these injections, these jabs are hypersensitizing our bodies so that when it happens again, we're gonna have an immune response that's not gonna kill the virus but really harm the host, if not kill it. Yeah. And so that's the problem that we're having right now. Wow. It's, it, it's, and, 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 you know, there's doctors out there that see this and they're, and they're either sticking their head in the sand or they're just drinking the Kool-Aid. And I'm really not sure what it is because it's not indicated for children according to the world health organization, but the CDC is telling us that we're going to give it to children, yeah. you know, who in the CDC aren't even agreeing right now, but I would encourage people, you know what normal is. So you have to look for just normal when you don't see it. And that's why we call this normalization. What they're trying to do right now with everything, whether it's critical race, whether it's coronavirus, is they want to normalize this and tell us this is the quote new normal. And that's just not the case. No, this is a because if this is the new normal, exactly. But it's only a dystopian nightmare until we say stop. Yep. Because we are still we the people. There's still enough folks out there that believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not the guarantee. I mean, you and I both read on the founding. You know how bad smallpox was in the founding. I mean, Washington could have lost his whole army. We've talked about it. But at this point, this is a self-inflicted wound. And again, you, I go back to China. China has written papers on this. 
the number the number two guy in China's biomedical warfare division was on the committee with Peter Daszak to show that this wasn't uh, gain of function testing. He was on that committee, and he and Peter Daszak have actually done papers together. So when you've got a colonel in the now he's listed as a scientist, they don't say that he's that, but it's been open source and reported. He's a colonel in the Chinese army, and he's in their bio warfare division. And what people don't understand is that this is not unusual for China to do. It's it's you can look at history and how China pushes and grows power. And then we're 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 bowing to the wrong people when we should be supporting our nation and fixing our problems and understanding that I, I really think we've been attacked, whether intentionally or unintentionally, by by nefarious folks. And unfortunately, they were aided with a lot of inside help, either knowingly or unknowingly. Yeah. Well, uh, moving forward, uh, obviously, uh, if God is for us, who can be against us? It's, the answer is no one and nothing. And then, if I, as I've always said, one man, one person and God constitutes a majority. And, and we're, 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 we're called to be faithful um, regardless of the circumstances. But... For, for folks out there, uh, what, what would you say, as we kind of wrapping it up because uh, just, you know, limited on time, but what would you say to folks out there uh, that, that, that they should be doing right now? What would you encourage them to do? What would be your advice? I think we need a lot of William Wilberforces at the county level. At yeah. the, at the, at, Good call. At, at, you know, in the public space, in the ecclesia. If, you know, roughly 5 to 10% of evangelical Christians engage politically and vote, we're 30 to 35% of the population in this nation. If evangelical Christians engage politically as their faith leads them, peacefully, but politically, and hold their elected leaders accountable, we wouldn't be in the position we are now. Sure. I think and this is tough, I, and, and I— and I think about this a lot. We have to sit, we have to look in the mirror and ask ourselves why our children are less free and less safe than two years ago. Yeah. We have to ask ourselves that. And, and, and my parents always taught me, you know, you're responsible for you and everything around you. And I've worked in a lot of countries and every country I've worked in, and there were some really bad ones, people would give everything they had to come to the United States because there's nothing else like it. Nothing. And there's nothing, and there's nothing we are, after we it. Are, no. And you're having all your liberties assaulted simultaneously. Your freedom of speech, your freedom to congregate, your freedom to uh, protest and address, have grievances addressed. You have a press that's no longer free. Mark Levin wrote a book on it. You have... You have all these things happening, and so it can seem overwhelming, and that's why I talked about William Wilberforce, because this is a Wilberforce moment where you're right. We can't do it like John Wesley said, but if God has called us to it, then we'll be successful Amen. because God works when we are weak, and I feel extremely weak right now because yeah. I don't see a way forward, but I know there is one, and it's going to it take a lot of faith to move. I mean, I think it's when getting involved at every level. I think when people start engaging, and you're seeing it. You're seeing people go to school board meetings. 
You're yeah, seeing, and that doesn't matter what where you stand on the political spectrum. People are upset. You got to realize that our way of life is under attack, and to lose is not going to be to lose to a political party. You're going to lose freedom in the United States of America, and there's not a place to move to to go. Hey, I'm done fighting this fight. I'm going to go check it out somewhere else. I had a buddy of mine in Pakistan call me the other day, and he said, "What are you guys doing?" He goes, "We may not love you, but..." This is you're the only guys that keep everyone honest and keep things free. And and I think a lot of people around the world are looking at us and wondering, and we're bowing to Russia, who, you know, the GDP of Italy is bigger than Russia. Russia is a paper tiger financially. China's teeter, China has a lot of internal problems. In fact, they have a very growing um, evangelical community in China. I mean, you talk about living your faith. But what we don't understand now is we're under attack here as as believers. You can't yeah. it, try to get a 501c3 and be a Christian. They're going to label you a Republican and say it's a political party. But if you want to get a 501c3 for climate change or so the girls can become boys at six years old or give people hormones at any age and, I mean, just for the for the worst things possible, then you can get it. So this is no – we can't have spectator sports anymore in our communities. So we have to right. go to school boards. We have to go to meetings. We have to go to city hall. And if you're not willing to do that, then you are absolutely forfeiting. And and I believe you're not moving in faith because you. a lot of people I hear, and I know you, you know I've talked about, they say, well, what can I do or what good will it do? Well, I, I'm glad William Wilberforce didn't say that because not only did he abolish the save tr- slave trade, three days before he died, they abolished – parliament abolished slavery in yep. England. And it was a yep. huge thing, and, and then he died. So he fulfilled his purpose that God created him for in his lifetime. It was a purpose that in his lifetime, at 25, he needed nothing. He had nothing but risk and nothing to gain. Yet he wow. didn't worry about being canceled because the guy was canceled by all his friends. Yet he knew that he he served a a, a risen savior that he was going to spend most of his life with anyway, the rest of his eternity. And he helped so many people that will never know his name. I did a podcast on it today, and my producer didn't even know who he was. And my producer's a smart guy. So we, we can't not look back at history and understand what's going on because that a true history is a template for the future. You just have to pay attention to the Churchills and not the Calhouns. You know, you have to pay it, or you have to at least be intellectually honest in what's happening. And I think as physicians and scientists, we have to be intellectually honest about this virus and about the, the way we've handled it. And we have to have the ability to say we did it wrong as a nation, but we can make, we can learn from this mistake and we can move forward. And we have to stop, you know, going after each other as far as not let the politicians try to divide us yeah and that's that's what they're doing with critical race theory and everything else and their uh, intersectionality and victimization groups and they're attacking us on immutable traits and pitting our children against one another and against their families and the 1619 project i mean there's there are a lot of nefarious agents out there that want the destruction but it's time for good people to stand and no longer be apathetic so that's a good word, Keith. And you know what? I, I bring that fire when you come July 11th. Uh, the <laughs> folks, the, the folks at God Speak adore you. We're looking forward to your visit. I can't wait to tell them on Sunday, uh, and and we'll be promoting it. So, 
I'll have you do Saturday and the three services on Sunday, and then uh, you'll be exhausted, and I'll send you back to <laughs> to Texas, and then you'll have to, to go Montana. to Montana. No, I'm going up to Montana. Oh, good. You'll need a break weeks. then. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, so it'll be good. We might try to drag you guys there with us. So. That'd be cool. Well, you you blessed us as always. Thank you, um, and uh, I, I'm I'm going to be relying on you in the in the days to come because really in a sea of confusion, you have just been a voice of understanding, and you've blessed so many people. And we we greatly appreciate uh, the scalpel your your podcast. So many folks have tuned into that, have been blessed by it, and all the work you do. You are truly um, well. God's appointed you and given you uh, this this time for as an instrument to minister to all of us. So thanks, bro. You do more for me, brother. Trust me. I learn more from you. You're like Charlie. You're you kind. hate compliments. I hate them. Because <laughs> I, I know who I am, and I'm like, it's all grace. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I got you. Amen. Well, as, as Corey Ten Boom used to say, she receives a compliment as a rose, and at the end of the day, she puts all the roses together, makes a bouquet, and hands it to the Lord. Yeah, I always thought well, that that's, was a cool that's, picture. That's a good way. It's it's because it's all the Lord, and that's what funny Wilberforce. He he knew it was grace that he wasn't, you know, taken yeah. out. So it's a lot of drivers. I think I just think that that's a cool thing about Christians hey guys, and Christ followers is where yeah. we love other people, and so Amen. we we don't look at progressives as evil people. We just don't like the ideas that hurt all people. But yeah. as human beings, we want to love them because God doesn't call us to judge. He calls us to love. But we have to call out things that hurt people. Yeah. Amen. Well, you bless us as always. Uh, so I'll, I'll let you get back to your family and I'll get back to mine and we'll, we'll catch up this week. And I'm looking forward to being with you on the 11th and uh, bring Erica and the kids and, and it'd be awesome. Looking forward to it, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. Good night, God bro. Bless. You too. Well, uh, what a wonderful evening with Dr. Keith Rose and a great blessing he's been to all of us, uh, especially through this ordeal of the, the craziness of COVID and just a voice of reason, you saging all the fear and bringing in facts so that it dispels it all. And, and I, I'm grateful for that man. He has been a trooper and always available to help. And so um, come on out July 11th if you want to meet him in person. He is remarkable. And so uh, I'm excited that he agreed to that tonight. That's really cool. So I'm going to say goodnight with a blessing to all of you, and especially for Dr. Keith. And it's out of Numbers 6, and this is for all of you tonight. So here we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And with that, I bid you good night. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey guys, thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.